welcome back to the Promethean Perspective. I am your host, Emily Ryback, and I am thrilled that you are joining me for another episode. Today's episode, we are going to be discussing how to prepare properly for the Advent season because the Advent season is fast approaching. This past Sunday, we celebrated the feast day of Christ the King, which is a beautiful feast day. And for those of you that had the immense privilege of attending Sacred Mass on Sunday for the feast day of Christ the King, you would have gotten to hear the beautiful liturgical rites that we celebrate for that awesome celebration and just the opening and closing prayers, particularly if you were able to attend the extraordinary form of uh, the Latin Mass um, and the High Latin Mass, that would have been another beautiful experience for you um, for the difference of readings there. But just overall, a beautiful feast day. I mean, how could it not be? It's the feast of celebrating the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But we are now in this beautiful little kind of mini waiting season throughout this week of entering into Advent. And many people throughout our society or even within the Catholic Church, we see whenever Advent comes, it's kind of this Christmas mentality. But there's Christmas. The reality is Christmas doesn't start until the 25th of December. And then after that, we do, of course, have the extension of the Christmas season. It's not just for a day, as many people think it is. We do have the octave of Christmas. But before that, we have Advent. And Advent is meant to be a very intentional particular time of the liturgical year and within the catholic church um, advent is obviously the beginning of a new year Um, that's when our new liturgical year starts is the first sunday of advent so we are right now in the 34th week of ordinary time and then this coming sunday we will um, go into advent and then the new liturgical year will start over we're also going into year c of the readings because we're currently in year b right now working through a lot of mark and luke and of course you have some john dabbled in there in a bit um, but when we go into Advent, we will, of course, transition to different readings and different Gospels, and we will enter into a new liturgical year. So Advent has many, many beautiful blessings, but also has many beautiful implications as well. And what I kind of want to discuss today is how to better embrace Advent so that it does not just get it caught into the mix of well, we got to prepare for Christmas. So Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Of course, Christmas is beautiful. And of course, Christmas is a wonderful celebration of the birth of our Lord. And just, of course, the Holy Family as well. But Advent is really a beautiful time of preparation for our hearts and our minds uh, to be focused and to be able to receive our Lord well. So today's topic is going to be about preparing that place within our hearts and within our minds um, during Advent so that when Christmas comes, we do have a place for the Lord to be born. I apologize uh, for kind of taking a little mini break from the podcast there for a little bit. I actually take some time off before Advent um, from putting out any kind of content or anything just so that I can personally have time to reflect and spend some more time with the Lord more intimately uh, before the Advent season so that I too can better prepare my heart and my mind going into the Advent season. And before we dive into today's wonderful topic, which I am so excited to talk about Advent because I mean... Who wouldn't want to talk about beautiful things about the Lord? I, I'm sure there's people out there, but I am not one of them. So I'm so excited to talk about Advent as I often am excited to talk here on the podcast. But before we do so, let's dive into our, what we are reading, what I am praying with and what I'm listening to. Let's go. So I have been so very blessed with so many wonderful resources as of late. So if you're new to the podcast and I'm exactly sure, you're probably like, Emily, what are you doing here? By the way, my name is Emily and I'm the host of this podcast. But I often say that it's technically not me who is the host. It is our Lord and Savior because the aim 
our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, because the the aim of this podcast is to glorify him. And the podcast is a yes to something that our Lord was calling me to do uh, quite a few years now um, ago. So it's been it's been a few years since we've started this. I think it was 2019 and we're almost in 2022. So it has been a, a little journey here that we've been on. But I often like to share very practical resources to give to the listeners that they can incorporate into their own life and just find more meaningful ways to actualize the content that I share here and to enter deeper into a relationship with our Lord. So something that I've been reading lately is Eucharistic Miracles by Joan Carol Cruz. And this book was actually given to my dad. Um, Shout out to my dad. Love my dad. Uh, Awesome guy. His birthday was at the beginning of November. So happy belated birthday, dad. But he got this book and I may have stolen it. No, I didn't steal it. I borrowed it. So he got two books. So he's reading the other one right now and I'm reading this one, but it is beautiful. I am a very, very devoted individual to the Holy Eucharist and I have a very deep, sincere um, love for our Lord's presence in the Blessed Sacrament. And this book just really touches on various, numerous, many, many, many (laughs) Eucharistic miracles of just, just the absolutely beautiful and stunning ways in which the Lord has revealed his true presence in the Blessed Sacrament to Christians, non-Catholics throughout the, you know, the centuries. And he is, he has given this visible proof of the invisible reality of, of Christ's presence in the Holy Eucharist. And so in this book, um, the author documents, there's mainly 36 miracles, which like major miracles, which have occurred throughout history. Of course, there's many, many more, but the ones that she Um, relays in this book she tells of consecrated hosts that have actually turned visibly into human flesh and which have have bled or levitated or have you know undergone some kind of transformation when received by a portion of a person of mortal sin so she she details the like the official investigations that have been made into these miracles and so then the readers are able to to see these uh, but she also includes images, so the readers are able to read the story of, of, of why these Eucharistic miracles occurred, and then the beautiful images that some are, you know, painted images, but some are, like, you know, photos of um, these Eucharistic miracles that have taken place. I'm flipping through the book right now, just looking at some of these just absolutely stunning images of our Lord's precious body and blood, um, just so, so clear, like, that is truly Him, like, um, and he truly gives himself over to us through the amazing phenomena of, of the Holy Eucharist. And so uh, it's been a wonderful, just absolute superb read. It's a, it's a compilation of um, God's visible testimony of, of the truth of the Catholic faith. And, and it really does prove the reality of one, of one of the loftiest mysteries of the Catholic faith, which is the real presence of Christ in the Holy Eucharist. Because... The Catholic Church is the the only place that has is the only you know church that has has the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist um, because we have been entrusted with that beautiful gift through the sacrament of the Blessed Sacrament. So we need to uphold and and strengthen our devotions to our Lord and His presence in the Blessed Sacrament. Uh, so that's what I've been reading: Eucharistic miracles, uh, the Eucharist phenomena in the lives of the saints by John uh, Joanne Carroll Cruz. Something I've been listening to. I actually want to share a little portion of it with you here because I'm a big fan of it. If you've been abandoned by the ones you trust the most 
You build a wall around your heart to make sure no one else gets close. I could fill the air with empty words and hope that they would work, but nothing I could say would change the way you heard. So I won't say another word. I'll show you the cross with Jesus lifted high. I'll show you. So that is the song that I've been listening to quite a bit. Um, it's by Matty Mullins, and the name of the song is Show You the Cross. But I'm particularly a big fan of I think the reason that the songs just really hit home with me lately is because I find myself in these situations with various individuals who are who are very wounded from their experience in life uh, whether they be Catholics non-Catholics Christians non-Christians it just homeless people everyday working mom like just a plethora a very widespread variety of individuals that I come across and often I find that sometimes I don't have the words that I need to say or that I feel people need to hear when they share their story or their pain or their struggle with me um, because often I find when people um, share the hurt with that they're experiencing when they share that with me it's because they physically are wounded and they physically are not physically but you know they're they're they're, they're bleeding in, in a sense and, and they can't hide that wound because it's so present in their life um, and so often I find I don't have the words to say to them when they share their stories with me but I do know how to point them to the cross and the cross says enough um of course, Christ's presence of himself, you know, just giving himself fully over to us on the cross um, is is what people need. That's the message people need to know that they were that loved and that they still are that loved um, beyond their deepest dreams and highest hopes. Um, so I find that that has been a great consolation to me as a sister in Christ to, you know, many hurting individuals that I come across that I don't have to have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. Um, I don't always have to know the right exact thing to say, but just trusting on the Holy Spirit and trusting that pointing one another to the cross is is sufficient. So that is what I've been listening to, which is Show You the Cross by Maddie Mullins. And something I've been praying has actually been a prayer of surrender. I think that we all at different points in our life all can relate to a need to just or, or maybe not relate to but all all should become aware of the fact that we just really have to surrender all to our Lord um, I have a dear friend of mine who is very intentional about just making a continuous act of trust and act of surrender to the Lord and that has inspired me a lot as of lately and so I've been praying this my own little prayer of surrender that I'd like to share with you all um, so in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit gracious Father um, today we surrender to you with our whole heart and our soul everything within our lives. Please come into our hearts in a deeper way. Help us to say yes to you. Help us to open up to all the places of our heart and to say to you, come within, enter. Because Jesus, you are the Lord of my whole life. And if I say that, I must believe that you can take the fullness of my life and permit me to receive you as Lord and Savior. I give you all. Help me not to hold anything back. Holy Spirit, bring me a deeper conversion 
to the person of Christ. Assist me in surrendering all. My time, my treasures, my talents, my family, my dreams, my hopes, my health, my resources, my works, my gifts, my relationships, my time, my successes, my failures, my victory. I release everything. I surrender it all to you. I surrender my understanding of how things ought to be. I surrender to you my choices, my will. I surrender to you the promises I have kept, the promises I have broken. I surrender to you my weaknesses and my strengths. I surrender to you my emotions, my fears, my insecurities, the fullness of who I am as an individual. I surrender it all to you. And then often, if there's something in particular that I am um, challenged with that day, I'll say, I especially surrender, and then I'll state it. And maybe you can't think of that right away. Maybe you have to ask the Holy Spirit to help you reveal to you what you are holding on to, what you're grasping. Um, and then I just conclude with, Lord, I surrender my whole life to you, the past, the present, and the future. In sickness and health and life and death, I belong to you. Permit me to surrender the fullness of who I am to you. Permit me to remain a captive. Um, a, a, permit me to remain captivated by your love, so I may remain a free and willing prisoner of your love. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So that's roughly kind of a prayer surrender that I pray every day, and sometimes it changes depending depending on the circumstances or just depending on the particular challenge that I'm faced with, and then I'm having a hard time surrendering. Um, but this, this kind of just mentality of daily surrender to the Lord has been very, very assistive. And I've been praying this prayer for not, not, you know, word for word and verbatim. Like I said, it changes and fluctuates depending on the situations I find myself in. But I found that when I first started praying this prayer of surrender or kind of had this mentality of surrender, that I had this very beautiful experience in adoration one day before our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. And I was praying a prayer of surrender to him of just, Lord, permit me to let go of, like physically let go of, let, permit my hands to be opened and to let not my will but thine be done. And I had this image of the Lord taking my hands in his and gently opening my hands to release. And it was in that in that time of prayer, in that image, um, that I that the Lord uh, permitted me to to be aware of in prayer that I realized how... Um, how just to this particular entity that I was asking the Lord to surrender to me or that I was asking the Lord to help me surrender to him um, that my hands were not just closed they were they were clasped they were gripping onto this this entity that I did not know how to surrender into his love and so I simply asked him to do it for me and I just had this image of him like not just opening my hands but like prying my hands like one finger at a time like, but ever so tenderly open until my hands were open and I, he, he was able to help me surrender this, this particular challenge that I had. And so I strongly encourage just praying a prayer of surrender, particularly in this going into this Advent season, because there are many things that are holding us back, um, that we don't know how to surrender that prevent us from entering into these kind of spiritual, you know, seasons of Advent that, that the Lord really desires to give us many gifts. But if we're not free to receive them, then they are gifts that are given but not received. So we have to, to make sure that our hands are open and not grasping to anything and not clinging to anything because if our hands are open, then they, we, they will be able to, to receive the true gifts that God desires to give us. So that's just a little prayer of surrender. Like I said, it changes, so um, you can just make it your own little prayer of surrender, or I'm sure you can find, you know, many kind of prayers of surrenders out there. Um, but I will leave this, something I'm reading, something I'm listening to, and something I'm praying with in the show notes. And I pray that you take um, 
use of these uh, resources, particularly going into the Advent season. But now let's get into our very exciting topic for today. Okay, so like I mentioned, we are going into the Advent season this Sunday, and so I thought it would be very fitting this week to do a episode on how to better prepare our hearts and our minds for Advent. Now, of course, there's so many resources out there on like Advent spiritual meditations or Advent kind of um, resources or, or walkthroughs, um, liturgical calendars, all kinds of things that you can can do to uh, really embrace the Advent season. And the Sunday that the church begins her new liturgical year, as I mentioned, um, is the first Sunday of Advent, which for us is this upcoming Sunday, um, November the 28th. I'm always able to <laughs> remember um, no, uh, Advent because it's normally around, starts around my baptism. My ba- I was baptized November 29th, and that's a very important date to me, um, more so than my, than my own actually bir- my birthday because it's the day that I was born into the, the family of our Lord and uh, became an adopted daughter and was uh, filled with the grace of the Holy Spirit and was given an indelible mark upon my soul. So I am very excited uh, that my baptism is fast approaching and that I will be able to celebrate that day. Um, But just a reminder that we are all given um, the opportunity to enter more fully into the family of our Lord. So in the hustle and bustle of the Christmas season, in the secular sense, um, Advent is actually a, a very overlooked season and it's a time I think that when the church calls us as our mother um, to enter into the silence of hope and waiting often advent is really this I think rather unbeknownst to many people this very hustle and bustle time of year but it really is meant to be a time of greater silence and greater hope of waiting and of course we live in a culture of instant gratification so advent is challenging to many because it is a it's a process it's it's a time of waiting it's a time of anticipation so you know while the world tries to fill it with a time of christmas trees and lights and decorations and and of course you know we see those things showing up in the stores early and earlier like the day after halloween um it definitely is very easy to miss the beauty of advent but advent is a is a powerful liturgical season and we are just about to begin it so I invite you to take a pause in silence and to understand whose presence we are awaiting because it is an invitation to understand that that the individual events of, of the day are hints that God is giving us, signs of the attention that he has for each one of us. So the, the season of Advent, funny enough, coincides with the darkest and uh, busiest time of the year. So like dark meaning, you know, we just went back into you know, shorter days, it gets dark sooner, but it's also very busy for many people, and this is appropriate as it reminds us of the world after the fall, because, whoopsies, my thing just fell off my desk, anywho, uh, <laughs> because once the world, you know, after, after the fall, it, it groaned in anticipation of the coming of the Savior, and so we are very blessed to live in a world in light of the Paschal mystery, um, because it's there that the church calls us to meditate, meditate upon the, the centuries of waiting for the coming of our Savior. And, and still, Advent has this theme of, of waiting for the second coming of the, of the Lord. And so, even though this time of the year can remind us of, you know, possibly the darkness of sin and death, uh, we have to also be reminded of the light that, that the people of God waited centuries to be redeemed and, and waited for the renewal of the world. Um, 
And we too are in that season of waiting. We are waiting for the second coming of our Lord. We are waiting for Perusia. And as, as we wait, there's, there is that risk of giving in to false idols and, and worldly materialistic things, even after, you know, our baptism, as I briefly mentioned, I'm awaiting um, my baptism celebration. I say that, not that there's going to be a celebration, but in my heart, I will definitely be celebrating my baptism. Um, but the same, the same very temptations that individuals faced, uh, that, that God's people has faced throughout salvation history, um, we continue to battle through our fallen nature because the, the paschal mystery has renewed the earth and we are now propelling, propelling towards, you know, like the end of time and, and the time of the new creation, the new earth. But we still are in this time of having to battle sin and, and to continuously turn to God for assistance. But Advent is a time to prepare ourselves for the coming of Christ at Christmas. So, so there's also this waiting in alertness very vigilantly for our Lord. I often think of the, the parable of the ten virgins of five who were waited vigilantly and had enough lamp to, to uh, lamp oil to, um, you know, suffice for their time there. And then the other five that who did not. So are we vigilant? Or are we not? So, uh, so Advent really is this time to look at ourselves and asks us, asks, you know, if we are truly prepared, are we prepared in our heart? Are we prepared in our mind for the incarnation in many sense, in, in, you know, in many ways, it's, it's this kind of like sensation or, or question of like, if Christ came again in glory today, would you be ready? Are you pursuing sanctity in such a way that you are able to receive our Lord well? And so the question is that the, is like humanity is of our time is still waiting for a savior. And, and one has the feeling that many consider God as foreign, you know, to their own interests and, and that they don't need him. And so they live as if he does not exist or even as worse as if he was an obstacle to them. But like even among believers, some permit themselves to be enticed by by dreams and empty empty pursuits you know of materialistic things during the holidays but we have to remember that Christ awaits us and that we have to prepare ourselves and put ourselves in in a position of awaiting him and in a in a obviously an essential essential crucial foundational part of this whole spiritual preparation for our lord is prayer because prayer is the foundation of our relationship with our Lord and humility is the foundation of prayer as the catechism points out. So if we are growing in humility, we will grow in prayer and, and prayer grows us in relationship with the Lord. But it can be hard um, to pray sometimes. And prayer is a battle. You know, again, the catechism points that out. I believe it's paragraph 27, 25. But the fact that prayer is a battle reminds us that we are called to persevere. And not that we are called to be perfect in prayer. Of course, we have a calling to be perfect as our Father in Heaven is perfect. But that God understands that we are fallen. He knows we are imperfect. And God will perfect us through our continued discipline and faithfulness. Like the Holy Spirit will come to us in a deeper way in, prayer, in, our, in, in a prayer life. And we have to learn how to spend regular time in prayer throughout the day. Because, But even like spontaneous time in prayer. Like don't put God in a box. If we allow like things like our calendar, our schedules to control us, then our prayer life is surely going to suffer. And we're not going to have the necessary disposition of deep joy and charity when Christ actually comes again at the Christmas season. And so there's this beautiful quote by St. Therese, which I want to share with you. She says, prayer is the surge of the heart. It is a simple look toward heaven. It is a cry of recognition and of love, embracing both trial and joy. So I want to encourage you all to, to surge towards heaven during this Advent season and allow God to take us deeper into the great mysteries of this season. But as we know, heaven's not, heaven's not a place. It's a state of being. And so 
if we are able to focus more inwardly on God's presence within our souls and expand that place and prepare that place better to receive our Lord better, then we will grow in silence and in more interior reflection. And that's very, very needed in today's society. So few people are looking in. Everyone's looking out and giving criticism and, and analyzing every little thing. And nobody's taking the time to interiorly reflect. So there are so many kinds of pr- times of prayer or types of prayer even that we can utilize in our daily life. And Paul tells us to pray without ceasing. Like this, this may seem impossible, but reality, it, it is the call for each of us. Let our works be prayer. Let our, let our words be prayer. Let our singing be prayer. Let our actions be prayer. Let everything that we do be done has an act of prayer, has an offering of adoration, thanksgiving, and petition to our Lord throughout the day. And we are able to offer every task to God as a sacrifice. And that coincides with our call has baptized individuals to live, you know, priesthood, prophet, and king. And that mirrors Christ's own divine office as a priest. And so I encourage you during this Advent season to to establish prayer as a daily habit and, and make a plan for prayer during Advent. But don't don't limit your prayer to just that plan, like a, like a checkbox. Make sure that you are also leaving room for the spontaneity of the Holy Spirit. So dedicate also time to silence because it's all, this time of the year is largely the antithesis of silence. Like you are bombarded with so much noise. And, and if we are too busy or, or too um, focused in on the noise during Advent, you're not going to be able to prepare correctly for Christmas. So like, in fact, by the time Christmas actually gets here, many people are too overwhelmed or stressed to even enter into the reality of the Christ child. I mean, Christ comes as a child, innocent, you know, lowly, dependent totally upon Mary and Joseph. He doesn't come in the noise or in the bombardment of everything. No, he comes simply. And if we don't have simple hearts, then what do we do with that? How do we receive a Christ? How do we receive a child if we don't know simplicity ourselves? So we have to grow in silence. And and now is a wonderful time to to plan and to prepare um, and just really cultivate that silence within our hearts because even afterwards that habit will be kept up and that the, the habit of silence is a, is a beautiful one indeed. Um, so incorporate silence into your lives. Spend time praying before an Advent wreath with the candles lit in the darkness. Even just like do what you have to do, but but you know really make sure that you are making ways to enter deeper into the Advent season. So. I would also encourage making a plan to enter deeper into the scripture readings for the Sunday, four Sundays of Advent. Like, it's really, Advent goes by so fast because, you know, of course of everything going on, but, but we have to really kind of try to prolong this time of preparation, but, but in a very meaningful and intentional way of being ready to be, to, for the, for Christ's coming on Christmas. Because it's also time to contemplate the last things, you know, the four last things of eschatology. Because all of us will one day or another die and, and, you know, face the seat of judgment. And the powerful imagery of Advent reminds us to refocus our lives on our pursuit of holiness. Like, are we consciously understanding that the meaning of life is to become a saint? Or, like, have we relegated the idea of sainthood to a few lofty souls canonized by the church? No, absolutely not. We are all called to holiness, every single one of us. Are we prepared for that? Are we prepared to become a saint? Are we living our lives as a saint? So make a plan, make an intentional aim of of, of focusing and spending time in silence and prayer, also meditating on the scriptures. Uh, the scripture is God's love letter to us. And so we have to ask God to help us use his word in order to deeper understand what he desires to tell us. And so we all need God's help. So 
the conversion of heart and, and, and that conversation with our Lord is, is very, very important. And so in order to fully prepare our hearts and our mind for Advent, we really have to have this focus um, of, of trying to, to cultivate deeper silence, uh, cultivating deeper prayer, uh, spending time within the Word, appreciating the Lord's love letter to us. Because if we do not willfully make an effort to, to put this into practice, then we run the risk of missing out on the very, very beautiful spiritual gifts of both Advent and Christmas. And like I mentioned at the very beginning of the episode, that if we are grasping onto things and filling ourselves with things that are very empty, then our hands will not be ready to receive. Our hearts will not be able to receive what the Lord desires to give us. And that is the gift of himself. So if we don't take the time to enter into silence and prayer, then then we miss the great mysteries that the church offers this time of the year. But I mean, it offers all throughout the year. So as we enter into this Advent season, I I strongly encourage you. No, I know. I urge you. Has has your sister in Christ who who loves um, you with the love of Christ? Um, I urge you to enter into silence, enter into prayer, uh, reflect on the Lord's word in the Holy Scriptures, prepare yourself for the second coming, pursue sanctity. Let us let us ask our Lord to guide us very deeply into the beauty of Advent, and ask yourselves: Have I prepared my heart, and my mind, to enter into the Advent season? in such a way that when the Christ child comes on Christmas, I will be able to receive him, that I will have a place for him to stay. So that is today's episode. I will have um, many of the, um, there's so many, I think just one thing I want to end on is there's so many devotions out there. And so it can be a little overwhelming if you want to like try to really enter into a, a rigorous kind of spiritual approach to Advent. I would say just pick two or three of your favorite devotions. Uh, really meditate with like simple things like the Holy Family. Um, maybe like our Lord or, or, or Mary whenever she went to go visit Elizabeth. Um, you can meditate on our Lord, you know, in the manger, the the disposition of the three wise men. There's so many beautiful things that you can reflect on. And I know there's so many Advent devotionals and such out there. But I would strongly encourage you just to keep it simple. Choose two or three uh, maybe just pick like one scripture passage that you're going to uh, meditate on and travel with and, and contemplate throughout the Advent season. So I will definitely have all of the, you know, resources that I would suggest in the show notes. But I, I encourage you to just really approach this upcoming liturgical season with greater intentionality and greater purpose. And I assure you that our Lord will not leave you disappointed with his graces and with his blessings. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode on the Promethean Perspective. As always, it is my great utmost privilege to be able to share with you the love that I have for our Lord and his kindness in my life. Um, the Lord's kindness is very, very evident in my life. He makes himself very well known and he is so very good to me. And because the Lord, oh, my battery's about to die, so I better get this <laughs> wrapped up. Because the Lord is so good to me. Um, and has led me to a deeper place of trust and surrender to his will, he is inviting me to do a new adventure with him. So the Promethean Perspective has brought about many, many blessings and many, many beautiful gifts and, and beautiful conversations from individuals that have been touched in some way by 
uh, the podcast and what our Lord desires to say to individuals. Um, but our Lord is at inviting me to expand and to do more with the love that he has placed in my heart for him. And I trust that he will give me the strength and the courage to always respond well to what he desires of me. So as we begin this new liturgical year, I will be starting a nether podcast as an extension to the Promethean Perspective, where we will be doing um, daily readings of the scriptures and then doing an exegesis on them. So there'll be short little daily meditations that you can just take advantage of whenever possible, whether on your way to work or on a run or just first thing in the morning. So we will definitely be starting that up. And that starts on Sunday of the first Sunday of Advent, whenever we jump into our new liturgical year. And I am just so assured that our Lord has so many blessings and graces in store there. So I invite you to definitely tune into that if and when you get the chance and be assured of my prayers for you. We are all uh, pilgrims on a journey and We just have to continue to pray for one another and keep our eyes focused on the eternal love of our Lord. God bless you all, and may you all have just a beautiful Advent season. So God bless you, and keep your gaze focused on our Lord.